What's on the Menu with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. It's 12 to 1 with me, Adrian Abraham. And joining me on the line, I've got a very special guest. His name is Matthew Leong, a Singaporean chef based in Norway, working at a Michelin plate restaurant. Matthew, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good. You know, you've got a very interesting story, something that I want to share with my listeners, as well as the population here and globally. Growing up, who was your biggest inspiration in the kitchen? And are there any anecdotes that you can share? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I started off uh, being interested in cooking when I was 13, under my teacher's recommendation. You know? So in, in this uh, first culinary contest in my secondary school, and uh, it happens for me to meet Chef Jimmy Chok, you know, and uh, that is my first biggest inspiration, to be like him one day and, and to cook as a chef, as a professional. During this uh, competition, uh, when I was 13, I remember the team was in Norwegian salmon competition. Uh, was one of the, Jimmy was one of the judges and uh, he spotted me and he gave me the opportunity. And before meeting Jimmy, you know, back home in the kitchen, who would you say, you know, contributed most to you becoming a chef or having an interest in cooking? Definitely my mom, actually. Definitely. Uh, she always show me uh, cooking techniques at home, you know. Um, I'm helping her in the kitchen most of the time, whipping out storms in the kitchen for my family. My mom can cook Cantonese cuisine really well. So she taught me many kinds of uh, cooking techniques that inspire me, actually, to start off cooking. Yeah, it usually all starts back home and your mom was certainly a major influence in you picking up cooking as a full-time profession. Let's talk about Jimmy once again. You know, would you say that was the turning point in you becoming a professional chef, your time spent at the Academy Bistro? You know, you spent a day there when you were 13. Okay, I remember at the moment I was stepping in the kitchen uh, of uh, the Academy Bistro by Chef Jimmy Chok. It was the first time in this professional kitchen, you know. So Chef Jimmy has taught me a lot of industry uh, pros and cons as well as the culinary uh, experiences he has faced that enlightens me to join this career. And uh, so I, for me, is I hope that after my secondary school, uh, I can join him to become a professional chef. Yeah, and you had a great time with him. I mean, fresh out of secondary school, you joined his bistro, uh, Suri, to gain some first-hand experience. Now, this without pay, how did that tenure shape you up to be the individual that you are today? The experience I had working at the Bistro Suri has taught me the importance of creating opportunity for myself. Not just expect them to come knocking on your door. So that's uh, that's for me. Right after I graduated from secondary school, I reached out to Chef Jimmy Chok because he has uh, handed me his cut before I left of the one-day tour in his kitchen. So I kept his cut on my bedside uh, until the day I'm ready to work for him. So um, once after I ended my N-level, I sent him a mail right away. And um, I'm very happy that he replied my email that he's uh, okay for me to come and and work for him. So even though I was working there without pay during the start, I know that at the point, the most important thing for me was to learn and absorb as much knowledge as I could since I was new in the industry and there's many things I had to learn. So instead of focusing on this uh, money, you know, and stuff, I was thankful that Chef Jimmy Chok took me under his wings and gave me this opportunity. Yeah, and how did you feel, you know, knowing that he replied to you almost immediately while you were trying to find uh, your breakthrough into the industry? Of course, you know, my, my dad helped me to draft the letter, you know, to, to write for him. 
So when he replied, I was like, I was running at home, you know, I was like, you know what, the uh, dad, you know, he replied me, you know, I'm so ready to go to work, you know, excited. I was so excited and happy. Yeah, what uh, a feeling and- that must have been as well. You know, let's talk about this uh, diploma in culinary arts that followed soon after. Then you picked up a slew of jobs at establishments like the Ritz-Carlton uh, Tippling Club. How did your previous placements prepare you for these new roles? I mean, it comes naturally, I can say, you know, it's uh, when the new roles to come, you learn from the seniors in the kitchen, the more experienced chef, you see how they behave and uh, it will come naturally. You, you don't have to learn or, or to do something that uh, for me, it comes naturally. So I perform uh, in the new role better. Yeah, and you certainly did, you know, exceed expectations. But, you know, the next part of your journey was a little bit different. You wanted to broaden your horizons and wanted to move overseas for work. Now, of course, the first question is, how did your parents react to the news when you told them you wanted to leave Singapore? Since young, my parents have been always very supportive throughout my career. They were the ones who encouraged me to embark on this journey. So even I made this decision to pursue my career in Norway, but my family is a little bit sad that I'm leaving home because I've not been leaving home uh, since I was a kid, you know, staying right next to them. But they are equally happy for me to the extent that they agree that it's once in a lifetime opportunity and I should seize it when I have this kind of opportunity when I'm still so young. Yeah, and to have your parents' support, I mean, that's all you needed to know that they'll back you all the way. You know, it must have been such an intense experience sending out more than 100 job applications a day. Do you remember receiving that job offer from Rena? You know, how did you react to this news about being offered a job in Norway? I have sent uh, 100 CVs a day because uh, on the age of uh, 20, I told myself when I'm 21, I I want to travel overseas to work. So, you know, from 20, I start sending application out, you know, uh, to find job and uh, to work overseas. But when I received this uh, job offer from uh, Renault, actually, so I was really, really surprised because, you know, back in the days, uh, you don't have much experience. You don't work in a Michelin star restaurant. So to get a job from overseas and I'm a Singaporean 20 years old boy coming to, to work for him, you know, is uh, for me, I, I didn't even think a second thought. I just agree. Yes. And the next day I just get all the information and go to the immigration to apply for my job. So, you know, I, I cherish this moment. It's, it's a lifetime opportunity for me. It's a remarkable journey to have received this offer when you did. You moved to Norway when you were 21 years old. Now, what are some of your first memories after landing in Norway? I mean, uh, the first, I'm in Norway in uh, Stavanger. That's the first one in Renault. And now I'm in Oslo. So it's the capital of the country. So the first time I was 21, I landed in the Sula airport in Stavanger. And uh, I was very excited because the first time I, I come to Europe, you know, and Norway, you know, I heard so many good things about Norway. And uh, the first thing, honestly, I was a bit surprised, you know, with, with such a small airport, you know, so because I come from Singapore. <laughs> so I was a little bit, okay, this is a bit shady, you know, a small airport. But as I try to move, take the transport out to the city itself, I, I realized that uh, Norway is a beautiful country with so much nature. The country is so peaceful. Over here, it's a totally different experience from Singapore. Changi International Airport, of course, one of the best airports in the world, if not the best. And uh, it's just so big and it has so much, so many things you can do over there. In terms of the financial implications, because when an individual moves at such a young age, uh, particularly on their own for work, they're always going to be faced with 
with financial you know challenges how difficult was that first month you know in terms of your living expenses i mean uh, the first month is extremely tight extremely i, I mean uh, you know in, in norway everything is so expensive but i don't the first month i don't have a luxury uh, life you know to enjoy nice meal outside because everything was so expensive a mcdonald meal costs around 30 singapore dollars on average just a simple meal so since i have paid my rental for the first month i rely heavily on the instant food you know from supermarkets you know and the convenience store save as much money wait for the next first paycheck and then i will be stable again so when I came to uh, Norway, I told myself, you know, budget is tight, bite through the bullet, two months, and your life will be good again. You know, So we just keep focused and save as much money as possible when I'm overseas because every dollar counts on, on my first month, actually. And of course, you mentioned a couple of hacks right there, having instant food and so on. Were there any other uh, things that you did to make sure that you didn't spend all your savings at one go? In the kitchen, of course, you. I'm a chef. You know, we have food to eat and, and stuff. So during star food, when we eat, uh, I will definitely eat a lot. So I'm uh, keep myself full at all times. And so when I go home, I don't need to spend so much. I only spend on on the off day, on the two off day that I have. So I eat one meal a day just to survive. So I, I will not collapse on the day. So this is how the small little things that uh, make me survive through the first month, actually. Yeah, the financial implications are only one side of the story. Being away from home, of course, you miss your family as well. How did you cope with being homesick? I mean, I, I talk to my family every day through phone calls, FaceTime, text messages, WhatsApp. So hearing their voices and seeing my family faces make me feel closer to home. So uh, whenever I miss home, you know, I, I will always uh, try to speak to them when I'm eating dinner, you know, outside. I remember on Chinese New Year, on the first day of Chinese New Year, it's a big thing as I'm uh, Chinese, you know. So it's very important uh, with this festive to see all your relatives. So normally I will FaceTime them when I'm having my, my dinner. So everybody, I feel more we are connected, you know what I mean? It's important that you, you know, maintained those levels of communication, particularly when you're so far away. We're in conversation with Matthew Leong, a Singaporean chef based in Norway, working at a Michelin plate restaurant. So let's talk about your job first. Of course, after a year in Norway, Singapore came calling. Now, what was it like to return home and work at Fisk, also being closer to family? Uh, for me, it's, it's amazing, you know, after one year in Stavanger, uh, uh, going home, you know, I was so excited to go home. So to see my family and stay with them again, I couldn't uh, be more happy than this. But uh, when I was back in Fist, you know, uh, working in Stavanger, coming back, I, I feel that I can do more about before returning home, so as I haven't reached my goal, as my own uh, career goal. So I told my parents and I said, maybe I should make a move back to Norway and to excel my career again. So when I was having this thought, actually, suddenly a job opportunity came into my mail mailbox, you know, and uh, I was so excited. And then I, I said, maybe it's a, a calling, you know, for me to go back uh, to Norway to work again. You did mention you came here and then you told your parents, of course, you had to, you know, go back to Norway and you returned seven months later to work at Alez, you know, a Michelin plate restaurant in Oslo, where you quickly progressed and became head chef. What traits can you identify behind your rapid rise in the industry? I would say hard work and perseverance will never betray you. At the end of the day, the result and the achievement you attain is the reflection of the hard work you have put in. So this is, uh, 
this is how I, I think, you know, and to perform myself every day. Incredible. Those traits, of course, have stayed true to you in your journey. Let's talk about the restaurant as well, Alez. Your relationship with the restaurant's owner, Ulrich Jepsen. What is the best advice he gave you? And what role has he played in your growth as a chef? Chef Ulrich uh, Jepsen and I, we, we work very closely together. Actually, we are more than uh, just an employer and an employee. You know, uh, we, we see each other seven days a week. He's my coach for Burger Store as well, uh, the competition. I mean, he has always uh, gave a lot of advice to me and uh, groomed me to become a, a better chef, not only just for his restaurant and become uh, and the competition. So he always give the advice, you know, Matt, you have to persevere yourself, you know, work hard and uh, stay focused in whatever you do. And that's the small little advice that he give every single day that uh, makes me grow as a person uh, in my career. And would you put his advice down to the case of how you got promoted in a month at your new job? Were you surprised that you got promoted so quickly or were you focused on the job and you knew it was going to happen? No, of course, I, I didn't know it's going to happen. You know, to be honest, it's, I started off as a Shakti party in Ali said two and a half, three years ago. So, um, and then I started, uh, I told him one day, I said, would you support me to do Bookie Store? Then he, he looked at me very skeptically. He said, you know, in a way, uh, what, what are you thinking? You know, Bookie Store is a world championship and uh, it costs a lot of money, a lot of time and to do. So I made a small little dish for him, you know, and after a week, he told me, you know what, I will support you to Bookie Store and I would like you to have uh, this opportunity to become a right-hand man in, in the kitchen and uh, to develop the menu, to be his right hand, to, to oversee the kitchen with him together. So, I mean, this is the small little things that, that he encouraged me to become a chef. So I'm very grateful to have him as a mentor, as a coach and as an employer. Yeah, and the way you speak of him uh, in such high regard shows how important he is in your journey. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the competition there, the book Who's Door Finals in France. You will soon represent Singapore on the world stage. It's the equivalent of the Olympics. It's the gastronomic equivalent of the Olympics. Your training started in 2019. It is one of the most prestigious competitions out there. What's the journey been like so far? The journey has been extremely tedious, you know. I've been training at uh, Bugisdor. started my job at 2018, and while they are still having their world final, the last series of 2019. So I was actually behind training at 2018 for the national selection to represent Singapore. So I was actually training quietly till the application date is out and then we, we submit in, you know. So uh, having the juggle between my work and training, working seven days a week without any off day is mentally uh, and physically draining uh, for the whole team, even for Ulrich himself. So while this journey has been tough, many sacrifices made along the way, I've cherished every moment of it. So this journey has definitely helped me to be stronger mentally and also taught me about discipline. You know, you have to wake up early, even on your off day, you have to work extremely hard and uh, train yourself. So I think this journey is, uh, is one of the most uh, memorable journey I will have in my career, actually. Yeah, and it clearly shows uh, with some of your preparations for the competition. You're quite meticulous from having your personal kitchen replicated to look exactly like the cooking station in the actual book whose door itself. Uh, tell me what else you've done to be in the best possible shape. I mean, it's, uh, Boogie's Door is not just about cooking, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of things uh, involved in, in Boogie's Door, the team, the finance, you know, and your health uh, is very important. You you have to be 
on the run of uh, seven or uh, five and a half hour uh, non-stop you know so for me mental health in check orders to make sure everything is in tip-top condition so uh, the team we have uh, made a plan of uh, training working out three times a week you know to to recharge ourselves you know to be stronger mentally and physically even during the work time uh, we we are working seven days a week uh, we are still going for the gym you know to have a long run to make your mind clear to be better and perform well during each and every time trial, every training, and on the actual day itself. It sounds incredible how you have to work seven days a week, but then also do this on top of that. The Boko's Door finals take place in France in September, where you'll compete against 23 international chefs. Now, what are you most looking forward to? Of course, uh, to stand on the podium. But you know, it's, it's a dream for me since I was 15. I, I came to know about Boogie Stall uh, back in the 2009 when the Norwegian chef uh, Guy Shire, he won this competition uh, at the age of 29 years old. So uh, when I was reading about it back in the days, I told myself that one day I will be the, I will make history you know, to be the youngest Asian contestant to reach the goal. So throughout this uh, whole journey, I'm always focusing to compete for Boogie Stall one day to represent Singapore and be the first youngest Asian to stand on the podium itself. And that feeling of representing Singapore, tell me a little bit more about it. What does it mean to you to represent Singapore at the Boku's Adora Finals? Like I say, it's a dream come true and it's, it's a total honour. You know, I mean, there's so many chefs in each country, even in Singapore, and, and the Association Academy has chosen me to compete representing the country. For me, it's the honor. So I, I cannot let this uh, let them down or my country down. You know? So I'm actually uh, extremely stressed, but uh, looking forward to compete as well. Yeah, I'm sure we can't wait to see how you get along. And of course, uh, we'll be watching that very closely. Let's talk about the industry. How do you keep yourself motivated in such tough circumstances? Have you ever considered giving up? Not really. I don't I don't consider giving up. For me, you know, it's, uh, I have a very strong uh, mentality and mindset on myself. You know? When I set my mind into doing something, I'll make sure I do my best and only achieve the best since I was young. So I always tell myself, uh, hard works are just temporary. And the, the better days are hit. We can only achieve great things in life if uh, we are willing to make sacrifices and go through hardship. So this is uh, what I always uh, believe and think in my head whenever I, I feel that I'm giving up or something. So every morning when I wake up from bed, you know, I always keep myself motivated, go to work. Despite how exhausted am I, we try to deliver the best of yourself uh, each and every day. And every day has to be better than yesterday. Yeah, remarkable discipline as well as, uh, you know, true testament of your character. Finally, you know, for aspiring Singaporean chefs out there, what's one bit of advice you can give to them? Tough times don't last and tough people do. That's the advice. And the road during the start may be difficult, you know, and full of harder challenges to overcome. But your perseverance and hard work will eventually pay off. So uh, work hard and smart, you know. And if you want to be the best, you have to work for the best, you know, and struggle. And the more you struggle when you are younger, it will be better in the future. So you have passed through all the difficulties in your life when you're young. So you can handle the difficult stuff in the future that you can uh, look forward to uh, in your career. Of course, nothing in life comes easy. But if you're willing to put your mind to it, then of course you can follow the same path that Matthew is on right now, where he'll of course be competing in a very prestigious competition come September. We've been in conversation with Matthew Leong, a Singaporean chef based in Norway. Thank you so much for your time and joining me on the show. And I wish you all the best for the finals and what's ahead for the future. Thank you, Adrian. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. 
That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.